0: experience beeeesh
1: Hello and prepare to experience Beige, the podcast where two longtime friends discuss all sorts of science fiction and fantasy stuff. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be discussing episodes three and four of the Book of Boba Fett, as well as the first episode of the second season of The Witcher. So let's—I say—we start with with Boba Fett here, since this is kind of a continuation of uh, previous conversations. Uh, we have. Discussed episodes one and two on the on the podcast so far, and Hugo and I both really liked episodes one and two. I think we each gave both episodes one beige. I know I did. I know I gave each one uh, one beige, and I think you did as well. So let's see if that holds up with episodes three and four. Uh, Hugo, I'm going to let you take <laughs> it away. Spoiler alert, Dave! It does not. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: was a lot more beige experience in these episodes. <laughs> Dave, did you know that if you have money, you can hire muscle with that money? (laughs) Because apparently this was news to Boba Fett, you know, a guy who is an intergalactically renowned Bounty hunter, aka a person who is paid money for his muscle?
1: <laughs> to be fair, are we sure the mods as they are called art qualify as muscle? I was like, is this your plan? They like have these like goofy looking implants and they're riding on these like like fancy looking hover bikes for people who are supposedly out of work. And like these things look pretty nice. And it's just I guess what I would say in episodes three and four in general, there's just a lot more goofiness than there was in the first two. Like those characters, those mods where they're like, they had, they've, in episode three, and we're kind of just jumping into it, but this is the thing that really stood out to me. The goofiest, like, quote unquote, high speed chase, it was actually like a low speed chase. I guess the whole thing is supposed to be funny, but it just feels out of place because you have like the mayor's assistant in his like jalopy trying to escape. And then you have these mods, these uh, who I think on the page probably read as cool. Ooh, they're like cyborgs and they do these experimental uh, mods, modifications to themselves using droid parts, but they're like, they just look kind of goofy. They look like second rate Borg basically. And then they're riding along on these like, Colorful bikes that look kind of like just the effects themselves look kind of not effective. They're just kind of like pl- plodding along, chasing this on <laughs> this slow jalopy, and it's it's just like why is this happening right, right now? As and then there's like oh he almost hits a bunch of people, and then they finally catch up to him. It's like I could have done without the that entire chasing, but it's just like an example of these episodes felt tonally. Different to me, at least moments of them. Then there's other parts where it feels more in line with the first two. I was like, "What is happening? Why is this going on right now?"
0: Yeah, okay. it, it also felt like in, inconsistent with the world building of Star Wars. Like we've, I mean, again, it's it's not like there's that many hours of live action Star Wars, but like just just the the visuals of, of this biker of this uh, cybernetic uh, biker gang just felt very inconsistent with what we've seen from not only Tatooine. But the outer rim, which is the, the sort of the worlds way beyond the galactic core in Star Wars, which are which are supposed to be more like lawless and 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 run down and and it, they fe- they very much felt like something you would see on Coruscant or one of the richer worlds, Corellia, uh, and I mean that's fine. Like they I mean, I do appreciate when Star Wars and Star Trek don't just um, make every race and every planet a single trait, but at the same time, there's a point at which you veer too far from sort of your own aesthetics and your own world building and, and just and jar the the viewer out of the story you're trying to tell. And I, I think, I think the biker, the cybernetic bikers could fit in star Wars for sure. It's just Tatooine is not the place <laughs> to do it. And, and Boba Fett is not the story to do it in either. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. It was, it just got, the show got a lot more goofy. It, it reminded me of uh, Mandalorian in, in but not mm. a good way. Mando, remember, like especially at the beginning, Mando would like screw up a lot and like get caught in these yeah. hijinks where like things would go awry, and it kind of made sense because like he, you know, he still hadn't leveled up, he hadn't gotten his full armor, yeah. he hadn't become a full Mandalorian, and that was kind of his charm. But like Boba Fett is supposed to be like this really established, well-known criminal, and it's just odd to have. That character sort of bumble around and just screw up things over and over. I, I don't really get it. And I know last time we talked, we said maybe the writers are, know what they're doing, and they're they're just building up to like this is all a, a ploy by him to get everyone to lower their guard. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not at all. Like he's just not very that, good at his job. He's just not very good at it. He's that, that that's really the answer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, which, kinda, which is a shame. Had, like, oh,
0: why call it Boba Fett then? I don't know.
1: I had moments in the fourth episode where I'm like, maybe this should be the book of Fennec Shand. Like, she just seems way <laughs> cooler than him, and like has everything together, and it's hilarious when she's breaking into Jabba's palace with him and she's doing like everything she's killing everybody and he's like running his spaceship into the walls and stuff like this is your spaceship how can you not like know what you're doing with this thing and she's like basically kept him alive during the whole thing it's like you're boba and like in moments in the episode he'll say like i'm boba fett like ooh like everybody knows who that is and like because they do, I guess. And he's supposed to be this kind of ominous bounty hunter. But then you see him and you're like, uh, yeah, he's kind of bumbling in a way that doesn't work for the character. And I, and not in a way that I, I, I think I've picked up. I haven't really read reviews of the show. But some things that I kind of have seeped into my awareness is that some people are kind of down on the show because it's not... Who they want Boba Fett to be, or whoever they created in their mind—that is Boba Fett. I don't have problems like that because I don't really—I've never really gave a lot of thought to Boba Fett. I was not one of the fans who like, ooh, that you know, created this backstory for the character or whatnot. And then part of that is like, didn't the prequels already kind of make Boba Fett lame because he's just like a clone, basically? Like, so he's just like one of countless people with cool armor though like his armor is different than their armor like that's that was already kind of lame but anyway i digress i i it was funny you know when you said like oh like the the look of the mods which i'm glad they've said that at some point because i didn't know what to call them until they gave them a name um because there's also there's another biker gang in the show so like there's are like there can't have two biker gangs like you know make it easy on me here um so when in the fourth episode where boba is uh, rescuing fennec from being the gut shot and he goes t- basically to where the mods get done to uh have her insides replaced essentially that's like uh, my note here says it's cyberpunk 2077 all of a sudden because that's it doesn't like look <laughs> like, like he said <laughs> We, I mean, it is a fine line, because I guess I am just used to Star Wars. Every Like, oh, this is Tatooine, and everything on Tatooine looks the same. It's a desert planet, and all the technology looks the same and stuff. So maybe I just need to be a little bit forgiving when they try to do something a little different. But it was a little jarring. And then I also, my other note from that scene is, this doesn't seem safe. Like, this guy doesn't seem to be, like, an actual, like, medical doctor are we sure he really needed to replace her entire guts with like droid parts or whatever's going on there it just seemed like they had that moment from mandalorian where she lifts like her shirt and we see like her insides are mechanical now because she's been shot you know earlier and i think it's supposed to just be like kind of a cool or surprising moment in the mandalorian and now they like felt obliged to like explain this and show this. So that was also kind of my problem with like some of the these middle episodes here is that I never saw solo, but from what I understand solo felt it necessary to explain every little detail that nobody probably actually cared about from the prequel or the original trilogy were like, Oh, let's explain why he has dice on his like rear view mirror or whatever. And so I started getting a little bit of a feeling like that. Like, okay, we don't, you don't need to explain every little thing that we saw in the, in the Mandalorian to make it make sense. So that was kind of another. It reminded
0: me of the worst impulses of discovery, Star Trek discovery in that sense too, where like Star Trek discovery, Would sometimes, you know, bend over backwards to like explain things that didn't completely align with like the original series. And and, Mm -hmm. like, oh, the original Enterprise, let's take out the hollow projectors because the conduits are not working properly or something. And (laughs) it was just just, like these little dumb explanations for things that was just like, we don't care. Just tell the story. (laughs) Like, you don't have to, you don't have to like oh, why did we never hear of Spock's sister? It's because like we had to wipe them from all the historical records. It's like no, it's just because sometimes <laughs> that doesn't come up in the stuff that's shown on screen like and, and and I got that vibe in the in these last two episodes too. It's like how exactly did Fenix survive? It's like let's let's just let, how did Boba survive? Let's go through it in excruciating detail instead of telling the new story <laughs> that everyone's here to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, that's what I liked about the, the flashbacks, the, the flash. Because I really have liked the structure of having the flashbacks, which maybe might be over now that we're kind of, in the same timeline. But what I liked is the flashbacks that we're seeing in the first two episodes were things that we didn't, ha- were we were not privy to, like, like we never really. I guess we kind of maybe understood he got taken in. By the the Tuscans, but I like fleshing that out where the kind of more minute details of like how did her guts get replaced and stuff like i don't i, 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 I don 't really need to know that, but uh, well, speaking of flashbacks, I think we have to get right to it. The biggest disappointment, specifically in episode three is that they fridged all the Tuscans I yeah. was like, totally unnecessary. Uh, this was such a bummer because i really that was part of the reason i really liked the first two episodes like oh we're going to delve yeah. into the tuscans and they're going out of their way to show like oh the tuscans are more than you think they are there're different cultures among them and this is a more of a peaceful culture and they're willing to take uh, um boba fett in because he showed them respect and so they're showing him respect so all this stuff they're building them up making them interesting and then actually just a slight tangent in uh one of the later episodes, they show kind of a similar thing with the Rancor. Like, oh, the Rancor's not just a mindless beast. It's, a fr- it's actually very friendly, even though it's, it, it, it can be violent that it's not its true nature and it bonds to humans and it's very sweet and things like that. So I think they're kind of going out of their way to kind of upend expectations, which is cool, and build out uh, s- Star Wars in ways that we might not expect. You, however, you undo all that when you essentially just make the Tuscans a plot device. So now we have to kill them all because Boba needs to move along in the story. It just was very disappointing. That was the the biggest yeah. disappointment so far
0: fridging is a good term because fridging normally refers to like you know killing off a female character to motivate one of the male protagonists, and and this is this is pretty close to that. Like let's kill off the indigenous people to motivate our, our protagonist, and it's like first and it was just so jarring for t- for the reason you said. Like it first of all it was it was one of the more interesting parts of the show, um, but also it just it, it's just such a bad trope. Like Boba doesn't need that. Like that. <laughs> like. It would make more sense if Boba was like a non-violent man, but like he is like a horribly violent man. <laughs> That's like <laughs> his whole shtick, is that he's like a lethal man. So killing off this tribe to motivate him to be a criminal warlord was just totally unnecessary. Um, I do have a feeling though the 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 Tuscan uh, champion, the woman that um, trained mm. him, she's got to be alive.
1: They that was my question. Showed, uh, yeah.
0: They showed too much of her and focused too much on her to just like wipe her out like that. Like, she's, she's got to be very back. annoyed
1: if she doesn't come back because, yeah, she seemed like a cool character. And they obviously were making her stand as an individual among the Tuscans. And that's why, you know, they kept panning to the different Tuscans on the ground. They kind of set her aside because she had uh, like black cloth that kind of was reminiscent of hair or something uh so i was like it's you know, they keep panning on the ones that have perished. I'm like, is that her? Is that her? Like, I couldn't tell if they were trying to tell us that is her or that isn't her. So, uh, hopefully that wasn't her so that she comes back. Because there's the other mystery. Well, first of all, let me say, yeah, I definitely don't use the term fridging lightly. I think fridging, you're right. The history of it is in comic books for specifically for female characters. And basically, Using them as plot devices and not actually giving them agency. Uh, That's why I use it here because you're trying, you seem to be setting up, giving this whole society agency and making us interested in them, and then you're just reducing them to a plot device. Maybe that can be rescued in later episodes because maybe they do come back and they're also setting up. Uh, like somewhat of a mystery around who actually killed them because you're kind of led to believe it's that biker gang. But then Fennec at one point says that's unlikely that they would be able to take them all out. So maybe this comes back around. We do see Boba Fett kind of rallying his troops. We get a little bit of, at the end, a cheese of the Mandalorian like flute sound kind of suggesting that maybe he's coming into the fold. Uh, You know, you got... Evil. I, I just call him Evil Chewy. I don't know his actual name. Um, he's K- coming chris- on board.
0: Chrysanthemum.
1: I don't, to Chrysan- <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's he's Evil Chewy, um, and uh, you know. So maybe when this showdown comes with the uh, with the the pikes, maybe the. The because this was always my expectation from the beginning, that there's going to be some sort of showdown and Boba's going to need the help of the Tuscans. So maybe that still hap- it happens because there's survivors, among of which is the the female Tusken, and maybe they rally other Tusken uh, groups to kind of help Boba out. I don't know. that's I could see that happening, and that maybe would undo a little bit of the damage they did with the Tuskens, but I was just so... I was just so just it just seems so well. Also, it was kind of a trope. Like, I mean, how many times have we seen in? I mean, it's Tatooine again. But it seems like every time we visit Tatooine, there's some sort of massacre scene. Like, oh, everybody was massacred. Like, so it's also just been done in that way too. I mean, it was just all around disappointing. Like, you could have done so much more with these characters and the storyline other than just like. Oh, they rescued him. Oh, he became one of them. Oh, they all have to die because we need to move him along in the story. It was just very disappointing.
0: And you know what? You so, know what? Then, now you're saying all that, that. That makes me think, like, if you change – if the only thing you changed about the show was that instead of having the Tuskins die, they are, like, his muscle. Like, like we, we, we see them mm-hmm. following him around from the first episode, like, being the muscle, like, for his new criminal organization. Yeah. I think that would have fixed all the problems because then you could believe that this dude just took over Mos Espa. Then you could believe yeah. that people wouldn't just whack him, you know, uh, you know, on the spot. That you could believe that people would take him seriously and pay him tribute if he had like, like, if all of a sudden like some non-Tuscan like is showing up to like, you know, Tatooine cities with like a Tuscan posse like people are i mean yeah. people are afraid of the Tuskins or the sand people in in, in in Tatooine like you know like that would that would give so much more credibility to the menace that he projects that the show wants us to believe that he projects and and instead and that's i, I think there, i think episode 3 was the low point of all the Star Wars shows for me it was it just the the tusken thing just totally undermined and, and 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 erased the one of the most interesting parts of the show and then and then the modern the present day stuff really demonstrated, like, when he hired that biker gang and they had that terrible chase scene, like, th- this, it just demonstrated that, like, no, there is no, like, secret force of, like, um of, like, uh you know, warriors or fighters that he has behind him. Like, Boba Fett really is, like, it's literally him and, and, and Fennec and, and, and the two Gamorians who are trying to run, like, uh, this at least planet-wide criminal organization. It just... I, I thought that third episode was just so, so bad on so many levels. It, it showed a, a complete misunderstanding of, of, of its world building, of its character. And, and, and to go back to something you were saying earlier, how people you know are upset that it's not the boba they imagined. And it's like, I think the problem with the show is highlighted in episode three, which is it's not that it's not the boba we imagined. It's that it's not the boba the show thinks it's presenting The the show was presented to us. It was marketed, and the first episode sets up. This is the book of Boba Fett. This is how Boba Fett, this famous bounty hunter, becomes a crime lord. And the show is not even close to doing that. In a way that that's very strange. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I know I've seen people say like, "Oh, it's Disneyfied," and it's not even that. It's like because I was thinking back to like. The Mandalorian. And I remember being shocked in like I think it was the second episode of The Mandalorian where the Jawas steal his ship and Mm -hmm. he chases them. And and they're just thieves. They haven't hurt him. And he like starts disintegrating. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wow, that's incredibly violent and 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 like evil. Like (laughs) Um And and like he never apologizes for it or anything. And like, and this show won't even go there. Like, Boba Fett goes out of his way to be nice to be forgiving to not hurt people and part of that sure is is the philosophy that like you know he's tired of like all these people dying and he wants a new path but at the same time like you're not choosing to be like some politician dude like you're not like you know some rebel turned like legitimate politician who wants to bring peace now like you're you're a bounty hunter turned like crime lord like you have to like act like that and the show the show wants the, the the main problem with the show is it wants it's trying too hard to make us like boba fett when really it should just tell the story it wants to tell and have us like him in the same way people like you know, Tony Soprano or, like, um, Walt from Breaking Bad or Michael Corleone. Like, right? Like, these are villains. Like, you you know these people are villains, like but you still like the characters. And I feel like this show wants us to be like, oh, no, that Boba, he's a cool dude. He's got a heart of gold. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, yeah. okay. But but then tell a story of a bounty hunter with a heart of gold. Don't tell a story of a crime lord with a heart of gold because it just doesn't fit. I, I, I and, and And just to finish up my rant here, I think – one I saw online. Someone said someone was defending the show, and they were like, "No, it's a good show. It's just people wanted it to be like The Punisher, and it's it's just not you know, it's not that. And it's like, and I think that's actually I think they're wrong. I think I think that is a nap comparison. People, if you go to Marvel Comics, you know, and you read Captain America, you expect one type of story, but if you read The Punisher, you expect The Punisher to be a bad dude. Like, y- y- you might like him in some ways, like he's a he's fighting and killing evil people, like. But at the same time you also see that he's kind of brutal and and kind of fallen to the dark side in a way. Um and you just expect a different tone. And this show so far is like we're going to tell a story of this anti-hero. Um but at no point is there any anti to him. Like he's just he's just a good dude <laughs> and it's just, it's just yeah. it's just tonally bizarre and does not work.
1: I guess my my problem is similar but slightly different. It's I w- I'm willing to go along the ride that uh, Boba Fett is now like a. For lack of a better term, a good person, because he was, I guess, what we're led to believe is he—he he was fundamentally changed by his experience with the Tuscans. Although that is undermined by the fact that you just killed them all. But anyway, you know, like he's kind of gone, uh, undergone this metamorphosis. He had this near-death experience in the Sarlacc pit. He, you know, he was left for dead, but the Tuscans saved him. And even though, you know, they have a rough life, they treat him with respect and he's kind of come to a different way of looking at the world. Sure. I'm, I'm willing to come along on that, right? Partly because I don't, like I said, I don't really have uh, a preconceived notion of, of Boba Fett um, that I bring into it other than, he, you know, he was a bounty hunter. Um, my problem is if that's what you're doing It's not believable. Not that somebody can't have this change of heart. It's that he would be dead already. He has no posse. And, like, nobody—how many times have we heard, nobody takes you seriously. Nobody is going to follow you. Like, yeah, I agree. And they would have just, like, I know there was attempts on his life, and he's got plot armor, so he's not going to die. But it makes it— very unrealistic and i get it it's not a realistic show but it, you just don't believe that this character with these values and this point of view would go about change kind of like how you're saying in the in this way and be able to even get this far with it you would just be like yep. they, no they wouldn't they would ignore you like that or they would all band together and kill you or kick you out or whatever it just doesn't it does, them- it thematically doesn't really work the way that I think they want it to work. At least now he has the mods as goofy as they are. At least now he has the Gamorians. He has Fennec. He has the mod gang who are kind of nebulous in terms of their numbers which is good if you're like a crime boss you need the nebulous like <laughs> foot soldiers who there's always more to die or more to rush on to ca- on camera and attack things so he has that now that was that was definitely missing he's got his rancor now he's got uh evil chewy helping him out and he's got gonna- so at least now he's a little bit more believable because he has like he has minions which he didn't have before so uh in that way oh. by the end of season 4 I'm, I'm believing it a little bit or episode 4 i'm am believing it a little bit more
0: although i will say like the speaking of plot armor it, it it i think every single episode i've shouted at the screen do people not know blasters exist in this universe because yeah. like how many times Are there melee fights when someone could have just been sniped um the first episode when the ninjas attack him in 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 broad daylight it's like they jump off from the roof to like melee him and fennec it's like why did y'all just shoot him um that was that was that was that was one and then the other one that really stood out that was just like this is so dumb was when when christen um you know breaks him out of the bacta tank and yeah. starts, like, <laughs> pounding him. Throwing him around. I, I, thought that was a, yeah. I thought that was a dream sequence because I was like, this makes no sense. Like, this Wookiee, like, infiltrates his castle and then decides to, like, instead of just killing him, to, like, beat him up for a while. <laughs> just <laughs> It's like, why didn't he just shoot him? Just shoot people. Shoot people. There are blasters in this universe. <laughs>
1: it was very Kingpin at the end of Hawkeye where, like – Yes. And, and this is kind of a – I don't know if you call it a trope or whatever, but it's a, it's kind of a common fight, uh, I don't know, sequence or something where like the big strong person or like the deadly person, instead of just killing, is going to throw people around. Like, I'm going to throw you against the wall or through the window. Or I could just snap your neck or shoot you with a gun or something. But no, you can't actually die. I just have to like beat you up for a while. And we have to make it go on a little bit so i have to like just throw you and that's kind of you know that's what (laughs) that's what they do when they have like the fearsome foe but the foe can't kill whoever they're fighting they just throw them around (laughs) why not we'll just throw you around a bunch and then that way the other person can get up even though they got thrown through a wall or whatever but uh yeah it was it was ridiculous i i will say i did like the fourth uh episode uh, more than the third. The third, like I, like I agree with you. That was the most beige. It's hard for me to remember every individual episode of The Mandalorian, but yes, it's it's definitely up there in terms of of beige. Um, yeah, there were but, Mando episodes
0: that were like okay, but there were none that made me angry. Like episode three of Boba Fett made me angry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well then, episode uh, four. But I, I agree.
0: Episode four was much better. Episode four was episode four. I feel like I just accepted it. You know, I was uh-huh. like, okay. <laughs> this is just going to be a dumb show. I just got to enjoy it.
1: <laughs> well, ep- so episode four, because we didn't, we weren't annoyed enough with the weird chase scene from episode three. Now, I, this thing is called apparently a lep droid, which I only know because I watched stuff with uh, subtitles on because it's useful for things like this. That's the little rabbit looking guy who had like a net. And all of us sudden, so, this show is kind of serious, or at least I think it's supposed to be. And then you have like Boba Fett chasing, chasing this little droid through the kitchen and bumping into pots and pans, and like, <laughs> what is happening? Why is this in this <laughs> show? It's so weird. So, I don't know. That was definitely a beige moment. Uh, I have to say though, I liked the dro- the kitchen droids. I
0: liked. I felt like the kitchen droid scene was very Star Wars in that you have these kind of comedic relief droids. Yes, yes, um, it's true. And, and like the design and the setup and the world building was cool. But you're right. It, again, did not fit with Boba <laughs> Fett being the one bumbling around <laughs> trying to <laughs> stop
1: them. Yeah, it's like, oh, where um, are you going? Come back here. I like how Fennec yeah. again, you're right, like this is the
0: Fennec Shan show. Like Fennec is just standing there watching him bumbling around and then like he finally like finishes them off and she's like, You done? Like let's let's like yeah. let's get serious here, dude. Like that that whole that whole sequence was cool. I, I like that action sequence where they infiltrate the thing. But man, you're right. Just going back to what you said earlier, I, just the more I think about it, it's like It almost felt like a video game tutorial level where, like, (laughs) Boba Fett's the player character and doesn't know what to do. And FedEx, like, okay, you go here. Then you shoot these guys. Shoot you. You sneak through here. Oh, you... this is how you scan levels. Like, remember when she pulled out Boba Fett's? Like, I don't know how many people there are there, and then she pulls out her little droid, and he's like, "Oh," and it's like, "Yeah, Boba." Like, do you not know You're how to? You're a bounty do hunter.
1: You don't have some sort of like gizmo that you can use. I guess he doesn't have his armor and stuff, but still, like, he was no, but he must have seen that, by that or yeah, thought of that before. Like,
0: just and Fennec just does everything, and then and then she literally the did everything.
1: She, sc- yeah. she scouted <laughs> everything. She broke into it like she was. She had like the little thing that could break the bars. Like she's killing everybody. Like he could have just like sit back outside and like waited for her to come back with the ship, and it would have probably been the same result.
0: And then all he did was learn do the tutorial for flying the ship. <laughs> <He's>
1: just... Yes. <laughs> oh, and yeah, then was, he had to like pause. Was... He had to like pause and go to the settings, and then do like the reverse axis thing. You know, sometimes flying is like, yeah, do you yeah, want it's... to? Re... He's like, oh, this. I don't. I can't understand how this works. So let me go into the <laughs> options and change the it, settings.
0: <laughs> it's too confusing. Up is down. I need to make up. <laughs> oh, the other part that stood out about episode four is really stupid. Uh, besides, like. The end where he's like, oh, you can hire people with money? It was um, <laughs> He goes to the Sarlacc pit, and he brings his ship in. <laughs> I swear, sometimes, like, do they not re- – like, does no one edit these scripts? And, like, he's trying to look in the Sarlacc pit, and he's like, it's dark. I can't see anything. And you're like, yeah, it is – I mean, I mean, one, we we can't see anything. Right, so I don't know why that line dark, needed to be yeah. said. And then, like ten seconds later, he's like, "Oh, I can turn on a light here on my ship," and he turns on the light. It's like, I was just like, that was that was the stupidest scene I've seen the whole, whole season. It was just like
1: that was dumb show like and she like knows his really ship dumb. better like like oh let me hit this switch that she apparently knows what it does so i can fire a bomb and then kill this thing like she knows his ship better than, why are you here boba fett just have her do everything why are, why? why are you here man you don't even know how to turn the lights on in your
0: ship like get out of here just give the show over to fennec
1: i think they probably are setting her up for her own show they're like okay now we'll have the fennec show. That that would, that would make
0: sense if the book of Boba Fett is about how Boba Fett dies at the end of Fennec becomes the real crime
1: lord. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Or well, I don't think they're going to do this, or if it was some sort of... Like, although it would make sense if she just got fed up and, like, churned on him. Like, okay, no, you're clearly not cut out for this. Let me take over. I don't think they're actually doing that, but it would actually make sense in the in the show. Um, yeah, not to mention, in the Sarlacc pit, we just saw her ha- her, her little, like, drone that can scout everything out why don't you send it into the sarlacc and he it can like figure out if the if there's armor down there or something but anyway i yeah i I kind of with you like both three and four were kind of goofy in their own way but three was more like annoying goofy and four was just kind of more like go with it goofy or at least that's what i found i guess it was partly because a lot of it was that continuous sequence of uh fennec and boba kind of getting his ship back so it kind of had more of a uh a feel of like a standalone episode oh this is the episode where they break in and and get uh, his ship back and so it was kind of kind of had that cohesiveness to it that you know maybe the previous one didn't um another weird scene i didn't why did i'm gonna call him you, you can either pick evil chewy or chrysanthemum I know neither is correct, but those are the ones that are in my head. Why is he attacking these gamblers other than he didn't like that they were laughing? Like, it was weird. He's just, like, killing people. I mean, I get it. He's a bad dude. And then Boba sees that. Oh, you can't control yourself, and you murder people for no reason. Do you want to help me out? Like, I'll I'll hire you. Do you want to join my soft heart... Do you want to join my
0: soft-hearted criminal organization where I always refuse to <laughs> yeah. enact any violence on people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. How long, is, how long is is this uh, Wookiee going to be able to, like, stand by as, like, he takes pity on everybody? Like, that. maybe that's Boba Fett's whole plan. Like, I tried to stop him. I couldn't. And then that's just how he gets away with killing people because he has this loose cannon on his team. Maybe that's his whole plan. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about... Uh, I think you, meant, you talked about them a little bit before. So the Pikes don't really mean anything to me. I know they're like a criminal organization. Like, is that... Like, are they re- in the extended universe of Star Wars? Are these, like, really well-connected? Like, you should... Like, everybody's afraid of them kind of thing? Or what's up with them? I know they do the spice trade and all that.
0: They do the spice trade, right. Um, um, they were in the uh, animated series, the Clone Wars animated series. So okay, and they so I th- and I think they've been referenced in other extended stuff as well. Um, I I think their main thing is that they are the I think the spice is like their thing, and spice is is supposed to be like, you know, the worst drug, uh, but the most lucrative drug in the uh, in the Star Wars universe. So okay. I I think so they're they supposed have... to be like really rich and 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 menacing.
1: Okay, and they have like no moral qualms because they use slave labor to produce a drug that has terrible effects on society. Yeah, so they basically they're, they're do like... the two worst things you could do as a criminal organization. <laughs> like, <laughs> so they're they're not going really to be books. redeemed in this show. They're <laughs> like... they are not. They're Boba not gonna Fett's not going to be able to reach a compromise with them. So, okay.
0: Oh, that was dumb too. That end that end sequence where he gets all the all the crime lords and and he's like. Let's be friends. And they're like, nah, dude. Why should we be your friend? And he's like, okay, you're right. How about you just leave me alone?
1: <laughs> yeah. Just, like, like, on a weird. dime, he's like, like, okay, uh, fine. That just, just don't turn against me. Like, why – if they are, anything you said didn't change the fact that they might do that. Like, if it's going to be whatever's best for them at the time, and I know he thinks – staying out of it is going to be in their best interest but it was weird <laughs> you're right it was just like he kind of stands up and it's like oh he's going to give a stirring speech or use a display of violence or something and he's just like no uh, but that's okay. That's cool. Just uh just stay out of it, please. <laughs> they're like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs>
0: and again, again, it starts with Fennec giving this 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 menacing speech and she's like, "You got to join us or you're going to die." And I'm like, "Man, these people better go log." And then they're like, "Why should we? Why should we be afraid?" Bob was like, you know what? You're right. You don't have to follow me. It's cool.
1: <laughs> you, you make a good point. I am lame. Why would point. anybody want to join me?
0: <laughs> I I have no leverage over you. Can you take pity on me and not like backstab me while I go try to fight these other fools? <laughs> it's like just, just right. weird. This show's weird. Whatever.
1: <laughs> Let's. Uh, we were so. As so often happens. We are, all, we are very gung-ho at the beginning of a series or season. This is, di- this is <laughs> yes. Discovery all over again. We're like, this is so good. I, I can't wait to see what they do with this. And then uh, as the season progresses, we're just like, oh, man. This is just not what we had hoped it was going to be. I, I'm still having yeah. fun with it. I still think it's to a quality level that's enjoyable. Um, I'm not, and I guess I'm not as generally as invested in st- star wars as i am in star trek so like it doesn't bother me as much where star trek i'm like i have kind of a more personal connection with but uh anyway so what let's do separate bees ratings what is, uh, what's your b's for three and then for four
0: man for three i'm gonna give it my heart one of my harshest b's ratings seven b's dave oh um, that's a lot of bees. you know I, I that's really overly harsh. It was it was it was bad, but not that bad. It's more just it's more just seven B's because it really just undermined the whole season. I thought and and really solidified to me that the show's not going to be what it thinks it's it's trying to be. Um, so I was just yeah. really disappointed by, by that, and I I just felt a lot of pain at at the at the lost <laughs> potential of the series yeah. after episode yeah.
1: three. Uh, I will give five B's for three. I, I I agree. I I don't have a consistent beige protocol I don't, I don't think so uh, but five seems like sufficiently harsh just uh, just the goofiness and yeah a lot of a, a lot of bees scored because of the how they handled the Tuscans. Uh and then I guess for four I'll get maybe I'll give three B's. like Still, like, enjoyable. I thought, like I said, the sequences, even though Boba, I still don't understand exactly what they're trying to get across with this character. Uh, Fennec is badass, and so I enjoy I enjoyed the extended Fennec sequences in, in this episode, and it was, you know, a step up from three. I watched them together, so I went from three to four oh, okay. together. So they're to me, like, four was clearly better than three. Uh, so I, I'll give that one three Bs. Yeah, I'll give it four your, beach. I thought it beach? was, it was okay. definitely an improvement. Still,
0: still, <laughs> still a lot of pain, but not not as bad as the episode before.
1: All right, so let's, let's talk let's, about uh, a show
0: where we didn't experience much beach, Dave. I
1: so I have to say so we both, so I I watched the first two episodes of the second season. It's kind of been on Netflix for about a month or so. So uh, maybe people have watched the whole thing a- already. Uh, but uh, we're gonna talk about the first episode. Um, so I binged the first season. I know you watched the first season of, uh, we're talking about Witcher. Sorry. I guess I should have made that clear. Uh, the first season of Witcher on Netflix, you watched it before I did. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I was hesitant to watch it or at least not hesitant in the sense like, oh, this is going to really disappoint me. I just wasn't. Intrigued by it, like uh, I just the video games I have enjoyed. I've never read the books. I've played the video games. I've enjoyed them, but the 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 world of The Witcher has never really hooked me in. I think it works as a video game, but I didn't really need to see it as a show, or at least that's what I felt before watching it. Uh, you seem to really like it. I know some people had problems with how the how the the season was constructed in terms of timelines and things so knowing that going in as i've already discussed i really liked the first season i think it was helpful to know there was kind of some trickery with timelines changing and things like that so that didn't bother me so i could just focus on the the show itself and the characters and the plot lines and everything and so i liked it a lot more than i expected to so i was looking forward to season two and because I binged the first one, I can't really pull out necessarily like, and it's been a few months since I watched it, like, oh, I really, this episode really stood out over this episode. There's obviously moments and things like that that might, but having said all that, this first episode of the second season might be my favorite uh, Witcher episode that I've seen. Again, I haven't seen all of second, the second season. I just thought it was really well done. And I what I like about this episode is what i is what i liked about the first season but then what i also worry about the second season maybe going away from is kind of the monster of the episode sort of format because not every episode did that in the first season but there were ones that did were kind of like It's kind of like, you know, the video game, even though it's not totally all video game-esque or anything, but that's my kind of window into The Witcher, where it's like, oh, this is a quest. You know, Geralt has a quest, (laughs) and he needs to kill this monster. So this felt like a quest episode where he visits his friend who's been cursed, and it felt very in line with the video games, which I'm assuming are at least somewhat in line with the books, where it's kind of this morally gray story and you're like who's really the monster here like oh the answer is kind of like everybody's a monster and i like that just kind of standalone storyline now obviously it is interspersed with we see what other characters and storylines are up to obviously the the storyline of geralt and Siri uh, have kind of come together, and so they're together now. But you have like, wh- what is uh, Yennefer up to? What are the mages up to after kind of the the, ba- the big battle at the end of the first season? So it does kind of cut to the- away to those things, but for the most part, we're with uh, we're with Geralt, and he's trying to figure out kind of a mystery and what's going on with his friend. And I just really like that. I like w- I've discussed on this podcast before. I think story uh, like television streaming storytelling has gotten too serialized for its own good not to say that that they can't do that like that's not i'm not saying that's a bad thing i said there should be room for standalone stories or kind of more anthology type things especially in star trek that was kind of what i'm hoping maybe brave new worlds does it kind of gets into that like well, let's see new worlds. Each episode has a new world and we're trying to discover what's about. We're trying to figure out or help these people or, you know, that's kind of gets to what Star Trek is to me from, you know, Next Generation and obviously Original Series too, but I was more started with Next Generation. So I really like that this is kind of a standalone episode and it feels very much in line with what I expect from which, from The Witcher, which is like, like I said, I mean, I'll just quote... uh from, I mean, this is kind of a paraphrase quote, I guess I shouldn't say quote, but there's that really interesting sequence with the Bruxa character, I can't remember, so basically a vampire, I can't remember the name, and Siri, and Siri does, I don't think, really know, we, the audience doesn't know necessarily what this person is, we know it's not human, it's acting weird, uh, it's, it's it's unusual, and you know, probably it's not surprising to Siri that this might be categorized as a monster and something that a witcher would want to kill. And she says something like, monsters hurt people. And the Bruxa says, well, humans hurt everyone. (laughs) And you're like, you're right. You're not wrong, (laughs) vampire. Like, they do. They're like the worst. Like, that's what the witcher is to me, at least the video game. Like, humans are the worst monsters of all. That's what the yeah. the games have taught me, and that's what I think yeah. the show is teaching us. And so this crystallizes and distills to me what The Witcher is about: is that like humans are monsters, and Geralt just has to clean up their mess. So, uh, so I just thought it was very fascinating. Of like, who can we trust? Who is really at fault here? And I just, I just thought it was a wonderful episode.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Uh, that's that's the part that stood out to me about the video games too. Was like you'd get these monster hunting quests, and the most memorable ones, the ones I can remember, I don't really remember the monsters. I remember how horrible the humans were in, yeah. in those storylines, and 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 this episode really, really, this episode really zeroed in on that as as a major theme of The Witcher. That like, he lives in a world where where literal monsters exist, but the most monstrous acts are done by by the humans themselves. Um, I, I agree with you too. I really dug the monster of the week. I, I normally, you know, back in the day when when you had TV seasons on network TV that were like twenty four episodes long and everything mm-hmm. was just like episodic, that was too much. I don't want to yeah. just watch like the <laughs> you know these standalone stories week after week where they have to re- basically recycle plots or, or, or and everything's or
1: reset in. at the at the end. Yeah, everything's reset, and then, yeah.
0: So I I really liked how this episode and, and the first season two to a certain extent. I think it's a good balance where you have like you have an overarching plot and every episode moves it forward some some more some less but you also have just these really neat um self-contained stories uh in in each episode. I I think you know I I was I re- I enjoyed season 1. I remember I kept pushing it on you, I am pushing it on you pushing <laughs> it on you and you were like, "Oh, it's fine." So I'm glad you watched it because I feel I feel like as I watched season 2 episode 1, the thought I kept having was, you know, I thought Wheel of Time was fun, but man, this show makes that look like a CW show. Like, like Wheel of Time is, is just a fun, almost, almost cheesy. Not quite. I wouldn't quite say <laughs> cheesy, but you know, like almost like, like it's weird. I, I heard somewhere the show, like, like Wheel of Time has a ten million dollar budget per episode, and you just you watch that show and there's no way, there's no way you you can't see where that <laughs> money goes. Um, yeah. You know, the show, we, we liked it, and, and I, I don't mean to disparage it completely. It's just more like if Wheel of Time was on, like, CW or something like that, like, I'd be, I, I would, it would be, you know, a fun little show. Whereas Witcher, like, I saw this episode and in, in season one, too, and it's just like, this is, like, quality fantasy storytelling. This is, like, this, this is, this, I would put it up there with Thrones in terms of being, like, almost prestige TV, like, um, like quality, like it. It, it was just, this, just you know, just going by this episode alone, season two's off to a great start. It, it, it felt it, the world building was good, but not overdone. Um, the acting is a whole level above, like Wheel of Time. Like that was the other thing about Wheel of Time. It was like you had Moraine, who's like, I'm in a prestige drama, <laughs> and then you had everyone else who's like, we're in a teenage C dub, you know, soap opera.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was some, rough um, and here in
0: Witcher. Everyone just brings their. I mean, the acting is just, the acting, the directing, the set building, the visuals, the special effects are just top notch. Like you really buy into it and, and feel it. And um, there's there's just gravitas from all the characters. And yet it has a sense of humor. Like it has a sense of humor, um, and 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 a, a self awareness to things. And yeah, I was yeah. I was really really impressed. Like I, I got, I, you know the season what came out in december and we hadn't jumped on it um but but now that i saw this episode i'm like really excited to see the rest of the season yeah it's like oh yeah, yeah this is a good show
1: well that's how i felt in the first uh, i mean i guess netflix dumps everything so you can always be, be uh, binge netflix stuff but you know i don't always do that sometimes i do um but i definitely binged the first season and uh yeah it's it's gonna be hard not to binge this one i don't know if that's what we want to do or like parse it out uh we'll, we'll figure that out but um yeah and just kind of getting to what you're talking about i felt that there were definitely was i guess there from what i remember hearing that their budget went up between season one and season two and to me that's fairly clear like i kind of mentioned in the first season there was some cgi that i felt was you know didn't quite hit the mark and the second season to me just looks overall higher quality everything feels a little bit more epic and looks a little bit more realistic i mean a very good example is the the kind of bore man effects because there it, it looks like there's some cgi involved and like i don't think they could have pulled that off in the first season like this i know the first season had like the Porcupine guy, but that looked like all practical makeup, whereas this one looked like there was CGI involved, but it was, I don't, I'm not a CGI expert, but it was like, well tracking enough for something that it didn't ever distract and i think there was also makeup involved too but it's just it looked like something that i think would have been distracting in the first season is basically what i'm saying and i wasn't in the second season it really they really pulled it off and i think that's def uh exciting because i think it deserves to have that budget where it can better bring to life the 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 environment and the characters um so one well uh, one thing that when i was watching the first episode that i kind of jotted down here because we don't know at the beginning we don't know where everybody is we don't know necessarily uh where yennefer is or you know uh, where dandelion is or will other characters from the video games pop up because again i'm i haven't read the books and that's just kind of nice like i mentioned before i didn't like dandelion at all in the video games i think he's an obnoxious character but he's like likably obnoxious in the tv show and i i find myself wondering oh i know dandelion's gonna be in this season somewhere where's he gonna pop up and like it's just like you know you like a show when you start like like kind of wondering what's it going to do next or where are these characters are coming. So you're kind of, you're pulled along in a good story. That's always good. You want to be in it and not ha- like constantly thinking about things, but at the same time, you're like, you're excited about the possibilities. So that's how, you know, a, a show is, is enjoyable, or at least to me. Um, and the other thing that I'll say, having watched the second episode, um, not that I'm going to talk about it in any sort of length. My minor concern for the rest of the episode. So the second season is much more. Let's. It's much less monster of the week, which is fine. The first season didn't do that every episode. So I worry, having only watched two episodes, that they get away from that. I hope they they don't. I hope they they do give us that. Because um, minor spoiler alert for uh, you, Hugo, but this is all I'll say about it. They reach Kaer Morin in the second episode. And so that obviously oh. ch- changes kind of the trajectory of the show. And I felt after watching the second episode, I, like, I could have done with an entire season of Siri of and Geralt making their way there. And then by and at the end of the season they arrive, you know, and they're just like mm-hmm. surviving and, you know, coming across side quests basically for the second season, and then they then they finally get back to the main quest by the end of the by the end of the season. <laughs> I'd have been totally fine with that. Not to say the second episode is bad or anything. It's just the first one is is really what I like about Witcher, and the second one starts kind of trying to wrap trying to get the more, all the plot lines moving a little bit more. So, uh, so anyway, so we can uh, kind of delve into that in future episodes. So if you haven't watched uh, Witcher, or if you have, then, you know, feel free to watch along with us. Uh, and uh, cause we'll be doing that. I'm thinking. And uh, well, first, before uh, I, I get into next steps, did you have anything else to say uh, about the first episode or um, what you're looking forward to maybe in the season
0: yeah i i i think i give it one beige it was a good it was a good episode um i liked a lot of it uh, it makes me excited to see the rest of the season so i yeah and, and you're right def- it's a, it's 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 a sign of a good show when you're looking forward to like the other my characters coming out more like i want to see Dandelion again i want to see the other characters
1: yeah yeah so like yeah so i i'm right there with you one beige which is basically Almost always my high score, except every now and then something like Watchmen gets zero Beige. It's a zero Beige is very rare, but I'm going to give this one Beige for no particular reason. Um, there's not I didn't really experience Beige while watching the first episode, so uh, but I, I'm still getting. Nonetheless, I'm going to give it one. Um, and yeah, so I'm thinking we'll continue with uh, Boba Fett, of course, and then The Witcher. Uh, but starting on Friday. I'm kind of excited about this, is uh, Vox Machina, which is the animated oh, yeah. kind of, yeah. I think it's like D&D, but not d and I don't know exactly where it stands. It's like fifth edition. I, so for those who don't, I mean, maybe we'll talk about this a, a, after having watched the show, um, but it's kind of uh, these voice actors do a uh, a streaming or a YouTube uh Video collection of them playing a campaign, a, a tabletop role-playing campaign. It's, it's. I don't know if it's technically in Dungeons and Dragons or if it's just Fifth Edition rule set. Because uh, I haven't really ever watched it. Because I don't. It's. I tried. It's just not my thing to watch other people role play. Um, but it does have a very big following. And it's high quality in the sense that the storytelling, ta- like it's a it's a unique story. They're not just playing through like a campaign book or something. And they're all voice actors, so they really bring personality to their characters. And now it's an animated TV show that they kickstarted, and it's going to be on Amazon starting on this on the twenty-eighth, I believe. Um, and they're doing it in three episode clumps so it's going to be three episodes and then the following week three more episodes and i think there's 12 episodes altogether. so four weeks so i definitely want to watch that so anybody who's listening uh who wants to follow along uh feel free to watch that as well and then we'll discuss it on the show um like i said it's just
0: david it looks like it looks like mature, right? Like it looks pretty violent. If I, I saw the trailer and I was like, "Oh, this is like,"
1: yeah, it's it, uh, the thing that I read from the um, from the makers is it's basically what they're considering is Saturday morning cartoons for adults, is what they okay. described it okay. as. <laughs> so yeah, there's definitely gonna be violence. And I think the the Vox Machina group, they're kind of like a mercenary group. Again, I don't know anything about the the series exactly, but they're kind of like a mercenary group who are not necessarily the good guys. They're a little bit more morally gray, but they're willing to take on these quests and missions that maybe not solely heroic groups would be willing to do or something. That's kind of my understanding of it. And so, yeah, so it's just, uh, to me, this is I think science fiction and fantasy animation for adults is sorely lacking. Like I I mean, just look at something like Into the Spider-Verse, which again was kind of more an all audience sort of thing. It wasn't, you know, specifically for adults, but it was it was handled in a way that adults could appreciate and everybody loves that like why can't we have more of that and that's a and i'm not saying that this is going to be up to the quality of that i haven't seen this thing i think it's trying to do something different Um, but just the fact that to use animation to really bring Fantasy and science fiction to life because even though we have CGI now that can do things that we weren't able to do in movies and TV shows uh, you know not even that long ago like animation is always there to bring these together to bring these li- uh, worlds to life and these characters together and I feel like it's still still uh sorely lacking so that's uh, maybe i'm putting too many eggs into this basket of the show but i have for for a very long time felt like well kind of the arcane show that i talked about is kind of similar where it's like you know more definitely much more mature than what we as at least as americans think uh, that animation should be whereas like in japan with anime they have all sorts of different anime, you know, and anime is much more accepted as something for adults and i hopefully this will be like a gateway into to that for oh the other show the other Amazon show the superhero show uh what's that? invincible right is that what it's called yeah the, that's, right, that's yeah. right yeah 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 so they're so it's ha- maybe it's starting to happen now and maybe they're bringing back the um the x men x men ninety seven and I'm assuming that's going to be more adult maybe because like the old one was was literally saturday morning cartoon version but i think since they're bringing it back for the audience that watched that and who are now all adults maybe they'll make that you know and even that show you it wasn't like violent and bloody but you know it had adult ideas and stuff because it was pulling from the comic books uh so maybe we're starting into a golden age of adult american animation who knows but I'm willing it to does. watch this show and hope for the best. So, uh, again, it's Vox Machina on Amazon. So watch it with us if you're interested, and then we'll talk about it. So uh, anything else to say, Hugo, or anything else coming up? Star Trek will be—Picard's coming up in March. Oh, they had the the Picard trailer, so watch that if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, Guinan is in it. And then there was the title reveal for— uh, the Lord of the Rings Amazon show, which is going to be called Rings of Power. So, so it's a Second Age setting. Um, I'm not a Tolkien scholar by any means, but uh, Sauron crafts all these Rings of Power and try and gives them to. There's you know, nine for men, seven for dwarves, and three for elves. So I'm guessing that's what the show is about. Him kind of corrupting or trying to corrupt the uh, the different uh, people of middle Earth, including the nine men who become his ring wraiths, uh, as we know in uh, in the Lord of the Rings, so I think it's definitely having not known what to expect the uh, i I guess this shouldn't be surprising that they're really leaning into the rings aspect of like a property that's called Lord of the Rings. But I was like, what are they going to do with this? Are they really going to try to do their own thing? Like, no, they're going to lean into like it's a pre... I mean, I'm only... I'm pulling this out from a title. So, I mean, I obviously don't know what I'm talking about. But they seem to be really leaning into this is a prequel to The Lord of the Rings, which is probably smart. That's probably what they should be doing. So, anyway, that's not coming out for who knows when. I don't know why I brought it up. But you can watch the title sequence (laughs) or the title reveal. So, anyway, that's enough rambling for now. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be around next week and... Please continue to listen. Of all the starships,
0: in all the galaxies, in all the universes, I had to choose this one.